Welcome to the College Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Grant Labed, uh, and I'm going to be taking you through some of the news and stories across the league from this past week in college basketball, as well as previewing this coming week. Uh, it was a relatively slow week because of final exams for some students. There were still some enormous games that we want to get right into, though. Uh, we're going to have Zachary Charles from Three Point Sports Management on a little bit later. He's going to answer a couple of questions and give his analysis in a bit, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, then we're going to be taking some questions from Twitter as well. Uh, be sure to send all of your questions to at Grant Labeds. That's at G-R-A-N-T-L-A-B-E-D-Z uh, to hear your questions answered, answered on next week's podcast. Uh, so let's get right into this past week. Seton Hall took down South Carolina in the Under Armour reunion uh, past Monday. Uh, Desi Rodriguez hit a huge bucket late in the game game that gave the Pirates the win. Uh, Also, you got to talk about Angel Delgado, uh, front court presence for the Pirates that had 13 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, The junior's been playing really, really well this season for Seton Hall. He's had seven double doubles already, uh, and he's been a beast down low. And you got to thank Josh Hart. Look out. Uh, this kid could come after you for a uh, Big East Player of the Year this year. Seton Hall is looking really good. Dangerous team has already taken down Iowa, who's looking a little bit better after a rough start to the season. Iowa's now beaten Northern Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, Seton Hall's also beaten Cal and now the Gamecocks. Uh, the Big East is looking like one of the best conferences in college basketball. After the ACC, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, but the Big East is looking good, and Seton Hall's a big piece. Uh, This past Tuesday, Monmouth had a big road win over Memphis that often gets overlooked. Uh, The Hawks have won their last eight games and improved to 9-2 on the season. Uh, This road win over Memphis looks a lot better now, especially because Memphis went on the road this past weekend and took down Oklahoma in Norman in overtime. Uh, Big win for the Tigers, but even bigger win for the Hawks that are now 9-2 on the season. And Justin Robinson, uh, the point guard, continues to be a dominant threat from all over the court. Great player should have an enormous chance at MAAC Player of the Year. And this Monmouth team is interesting because last year, if we remember, they played great in non-conference, didn't get a bid to the NCAA tournament because they lost in their conference championship. But this is another year where Monmouth is starting to build a decent out-of-conference resume. And if they're not able to win that conference tournament, could we see them sneak into the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid? We'll have to see what the selection committee does and if that even happens. But once again, Monmouth getting big non-conference road wins over good teams like Memphis, a good team that's going to be solid in the AAC this year. Uh, This past Wednesday, it's also worth noting that Nevada got a big road win or a big win over UC Irvine uh, that improved the Wolfpack to 9-2. This is worth noting because the Mountain West is a conference this year that seems to be really wide open. Uh, San Diego State, Boise State, and New Mexico all teams that have four losses already. Remember, the Aztecs were picked to finish first in the league by a landslide. This might not be the case anymore as they've really, really struggled to start this, off to the start of the season. Uh, and this could be the year that we see a team like Nevada rise up, end up getting the bid from a weak Mountain West Conference. Uh, you got te- got players like Marcus Marshall, who's averaging more than 20 points per game, and Cameron Oliver, a very capable scorer and rebounder down low. He can also step out and hit the three. He's a big body. Really good player for the Wolfpack. This team at 9-2 could be the team that we see win the Mountain West Conference. Could be a team like San Diego State. Could be a team like New Mexico. We really don't know. Bottom line, this looks like a league that's only only going to get one bid, which is from a couple of years ago when we'd see teams like UNLV, Colorado State, 
New Mexico, San Diego State, all of those teams making the NCAA tournament. This conference has really flipped, and now we see a team like Nevada could be making the NCAA tournament and being the only team from the Mountain West in the big dance. Thursday and Friday were relatively slow days for college basketball, so let's skip right to Saturday, last Saturday's slate of games, which was enormous, uh, with, with some big games. First, got to talk about the Crossroads Classic featuring very, very good games between uh, Butler and Indiana and Purdue and Notre Dame. Let's start talking a little bit about Butler taking down Indiana behind Keelan Martin's 28 points. Bulldogs off to an enormous start, only one loss, a bad loss to Indiana State. But they have one of the best effective field goal percentages in the country. Very good team. They've now taken down Indiana, Cincinnati, Arizona, and a very sneaky good team in Northwestern. Some people might not realize it, but that win is going to look good at the end of the season as long as the Wildcats play well in Big Ten play. Butler really has a chance to make a run at Villanova. I know, I know we've talked a lot about Creighton being a good team in the Big East. Xavier's been really good. Even teams like Providence, Georgetown. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this league, but Butler could have a chance to win with the talent that uh, Chris Holtman has implemented and the way this team has played out of conference. A lot of good wins. Going to look very, very good at the end of the season uh, when it's resume time come March. Also in the Crossroads Classic, the first game was good. It was a good game between Purdue and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame went up double digits in the first half, half but Purdue was able to come back uh, and end up winning the game. Um, the Irish this past week have had halftime leads over Purdue and Villanova, two very good opportunities for this team to make a stride, unable to take down either team, blew it in the second half, essentially, didn't play as well as it did in the first half. Steve Atstoria against Purdue had a rough game, only hit one field goal, uh, fouled out late in the contest. He he was pretty much non-existent for this team, but the Boilermakers are off to a good start to the season, looking like a dangerous team in the Big Ten. Easily one of the best front courts in the nation. Isaac Haas and Caleb Swain, again, whether or not they're on the floor at the same time, very, very good players. Uh, Caleb Swain, again, the other night against Western Illinois, actually had 21 points and 21 rebounds. He's a huge threat on the boards, enormous player, very, very good. Uh, this team has got a lot of front court talent. And you talk about Purdue as one of the teams that could rise up and try to win the Big Ten this year. Looks like Indiana might be the front runner. Uh, they did have a loss earlier this year to IPFW where they looked a little bit shaky. Wisconsin's been good. Uh, but this league is not set in stone. We could see Purdue make a stride, end up winning the Big Ten, and being a top team uh, going into the NCAA tournament. Also worth noting from Saturday's slate of games, Arizona won a thrill over Texas A&M. Big game for the Wildcats who have been searching for that big win. They got uh, a win over Michigan State at the beginning of the season, not looking as good as the Spartans are beginning to slip a little bit. But this was big as Texas A&M is a good team in the SEC. Aggies trailed by 22 with less than five minutes to play. Did cut the lead back or did cut their deficit back within two in the final seconds. Very reminiscent of the game where Texas A&M in the 2016 NCAA tournament came back and beat Northern Iowa in the final seconds. Huge win, but Arizona was able to hang on in this one. Uh, big win for the Wildcats who are still without Parker Jackson Cartwright or Alonzo Trier. Once those two are back, this team's going to be even better. Uh, going to have a chance in the Pac-12. Still think UCLA is the front runner, but don't sleep on the Wildcats. Uh, looking good moving forward. <clears throat> Georgetown went into the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse on Saturday. This was a good old Big East rivalry game between the two teams. The Hoyas, very shaky to start the season. Lost that home game to Maryland, if you remember. Uh, blew a late lead. 
and then turned right around and lost to Arkansas State. And we cast this team out a little bit and said, you know, this is not going to be a good Georgetown team. But since losing four of their first six to start the season, the Georgetown has won five in a row. They beat a decent LaSalle team down in Miami. They still boast that impressive win over Oregon. And now they have a true road win over a good ACC team in Syracuse, though the Orange aren't proving to be the team we might have thought they were at the beginning of the season, not playing as well uh, as we would have expected. Uh, that being said, there's still a lot to go and a big ACC slate for them to prove themselves. But then again, the Orange have lost all of their good tests so far. Best win coming against Monmouth, uh, still losing to teams like South Carolina, UConn, uh, and Georgetown now. So definitely some work to be done for Syracuse and Jim Beheim squad. Tyler Lydon, really the only threat for the Orange on Saturday. Uh, other guys really couldn't get going, but Lydon went for 29 points. He didn't get much help from his teammates. Uh, and the Orange were bad from the free throw line, but we'll get a, we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast, which we'll talk a little bit more about Syracuse and its struggles lately. Uh, moving on, Memphis got an enormous road win over Oklahoma. Uh, Jordan Woodard tied it up at the buzzer with a bank three-pointer. It was a huge shot, but it wouldn't be enough if the Tigers would go into overtime and get the road win in Norman. Huge win for this team, and I think this is a team that we can't sleep on heading into AAC play. I mean, I think this is a league that's pretty wide open considering UConn has slipped a lot, and a team like Cincinnati is obviously still at the top. SMU looks good, but you can't sleep on the Tigers, a team that could rise up make the NCAA tournament, finish top three in the league. This is a good team, and a win over Oklahoma is obviously representative of that. We also look to uh, Chicago, where we had the Chicago legends between Northwestern and Dayton, and then Illinois and BYU, a doubleheader at the United Center. Uh, Dayton got off to a slow start, was down 40-17 against Northwestern, almost came back and beat the Wildcats, uh, but Northwestern would, be, would prove to be too much down the stretch. Uh, an awesome game, too, between Illinois and BYU. Uh, the Illini held a 16-point lead in the first half. The Cougars came all the way back, had a three-point attempt from half court at the buzzer, would rim out. BYU would lose by two to Illinois. And the Illini are grinding back a little bit, too. Illinois and Northwestern, both teams from the state of Illinois in the Big Ten that are coming back and proving that they could be solid bubble teams at the end of the year. Northwestern, only with two losses, have a good slate of non-conference wins. Illinois after losing three straight, including an overtime game to Winthrop, uh, have now beaten NC State, VCU, and BYU, three pretty good teams. So they're looking a little bit better. Uh, and we got to look at the Big Ten this year has put on a pretty good display in non-conference play. You've got teams that normally aren't near the top, like Minnesota and Rutgers, both one-loss teams at this point. Good non-conference showings, even though Iowa ha hasn't had a good start to the season. They're starting to bounce back a little bit and show that they might have a chance. The Big Ten has a lot of talent this year. And I mentioned earlier that the Big East might be a conference that steps up and says, hey, we're the second best conference in college basketball behind ACC. Don't cut out the Big Ten. A lot of good teams, top to bottom talent. Uh, and we could see a lot of bubble teams with their names in or out on uh, Selection Sunday down, down the road in March. Texas Tech also went on the road, took down Richmond in a big game. Red Raiders, it's worth noting, have won seven straight and look like a very potential sleeper team in the Big 12. Uh, there's also teams worth noting like Kansas State and TCU, very similar so far, have won a lot of non-conference games. Not a lot of big wins, but essentially they've been beating the teams that they should be beating, uh, which shows that they could be dangerous come Big 12 play. Uh, this Texas Tech team is one of the best teams on the defensive glass this season, have been really good rebounding the basketball, and also some very, very capable shot blockers in Justin Gray and Zach Smith. This team is worth keeping an eye on. 
going to be interesting to see how they play in a very loaded Big 12 this year. Also in that game, Richmond's Grant Golden collapsed on the floor unprovoked and wound up in the hospital. Very scary moment for the young spider. He did come out on Monday and will be okay. He's out of the hospital now. Prayers for him and his family and uh, for the Spiders as they move forward and into conference play in the Atlantic 10. Oklahoma State went on the road and dismantled Wichita uh, State Shockers this past weekend. Uh, the Shockers gave up 14 threes while only hitting three of their own. The Cowboys, they're building an impressive non-conference resume. A true road win over Wichita State looks really, really good. And that should prove good in March, considering Wichita State should run through the Missouri Valley Conference. More on that later in the podcast. Uh, this could very easily be an NCAA tournament team in March. And I, earlier I talked about uh, TCU, Kansas State, uh, Texas Tech. Don't sleep on Oklahoma State. They're looking really, really good to start the season and already have some good wins. Finally, on Saturday, you know, we can't talk about this past uh, weekend of hoops without talking about the CBS Sports Classic in Las Vegas. Two enormous games. UCLA started the day beating Ohio State, improving to 12-0. The Bruins still look like one of the best teams in the nation, arguably, and they should have a really good shot at winning the Pac-12. I laughed a couple weeks ago when uh, Alonzo Ball's dad said he guaranteed that UCLA would win the national championship this year, and this was before UCLA went on the road and beat Kentucky. Now it seems that he might have a case to what he's saying. UCLA looks really good. They're going to have a tough slate in the Pac-12. There's some good teams, but... uh, they're still rolling and they're beating good teams. So you got to respect what they've been doing so far. And Lonzo Ball himself has been amazing. I'm going to talk a little bit later on the podcast about uh, some top freshmen and what they're going to be doing on potential NBA talent. And this is a kid that has been amazing. He can pass, he can shoot, he can score, he can rebound. He can do just about everything for the Bruins. Incredible team, a lot of talent, going to be a lot of fun to watch moving forward. And probably the best game we've seen all season so far between North Carolina and Kentucky. Awesome game to watch. Came all the way down to the buzzer. If you like offense, this was a game for you. Malik Monk dropped an insane 47 points, hit the go-ahead three-pointer with 20 seconds to go. Kentucky would end up winning 103-100. to Justin Jackson and Joel Berry played great. Um, Awesome scores for North Carolina. They were right there all the way until the end. Playing great basketball, this team from the ACC. Uh, Bottom line, these two teams were a lot of fun to watch awesome game. We may have just witnessed a preview for this year's Final Four. Two offensive juggernauts, some incredible talent. Going to be interesting to see how they play in conference play this year, especially North Carolina and the ACC. We have talented teams at the top like Duke, Virginia, Louisville, and a lot of good middle-of-the-pack talented teams. Finally, to finish out the slate from the weekend, we cannot forget about a team, Michigan State, Struggling a lot lately, falling to 7-5 and five after losing to Northeastern in the Breslin Center. Horrible loss for the Spartans. Now, keep in mind, they were without their star freshman, Miles Bridges, who's been hurt since the Duke game, injured his ankle, and uh, unfortunately, the Spartans have been hurting a little bit without him. Uh, this was definitely a tough loss, considering uh, Aaron Harris has been very inconsistent for this team. And the Spartans just are not playing good basketball all around. Tom Izzo has to be really frustrated with the way his team has started the season. Now, he has apologized for essentially giving his team too tough of a non-conference schedule to start, and that is justified. I mean, the Spartans have had to play the likes of Kentucky, uh, Duke, Arizona. They've played some tough teams so far, but definitely a struggle watching them lose to Northeastern at home. And they've got an interesting matchup coming up this week against Oakland, Uh, This is an annual game where the Grizzlies last year forced overtime against the Spartans. 
Uh, Kay Felder was a great player for Oakland. And this Oakland team is not bad out of the horizon this year. They're going to have a good chance uh, to put up a fight against Valpo. But this is going to be a fun match to watch considering they forced overtime last year against a Michigan State team that ended up being a two-seed in the NCAA tournament and was many people's favorite uh, to win the big dance, even though they lost first round to Middle Tennessee. Uh, the Spartans are hurting due to injuries. I mentioned Miles Bridges uh, being a big concern, but Ben Carter and Gavin Schilling yet to play this season. Uh, two big men, and their front court has hurt. They've gotten out-rebounded. Out you, if you remember the game earlier this year, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, their bigs did a number on Michigan State, and it, it's been hurting a Tom Izzo squad that's usually really consistent down low. Freshman Nick Ward has been one, one of the only bright spots for this team. Uh, that's faced a brutal non-conference schedule. Look for him to continue to improve as the season goes on. And even if this becomes an off year for Michigan State, uh, where they don't make the NCAA tournament, which would be, would be ultimately a shocker, look for this kid to come back, grow, and become an all-caliber player next year. Uh, that was this past week in college basketball. Uh, a lot going on. Now we're going to bring in Zachary Charles uh, from Three Point Sports Management. He's going to talk a little bit about college hoops. All right, welcome back to the College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Lebed, uh, and now we're going to bring on a guest to talk a little bit about college hoops and uh, and get his intake. This is Zach Charles, NBA agent. How's it going, Zach? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Of course, glad to have you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Kentucky so far this season. Obviously, this past weekend, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Malik Monk dropped 47 points on UNC, had a huge game, uh, hit a big three-pointer late in the game, uh, basically was the key to Kentucky taking down a really good UNC uh, team. What, what do you see from the Wildcats so far this season, and do you think they are a national title contender? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Saturday's game was amazing. Uh, it was probably one of the most exciting college games that we've had outside of the NCAA tournament in years. Um, I thought that, you know, Kentucky has played really well so far this season, but uh, at times their defense has really, you know, lacked that intensity that it's had in the past. Uh, you know, having a young team once again, there's always question marks, uh, especially when once you get deep into tournament time. I think, you know, I think they're the clear favorites to win the SEC. Uh, I don't think the SEC is as strong as it's been uh, in the past, especially with A&M. Uh, you know, LSU, Vandy, some of those guys that are usually up there on tournament bubble lists or, you know, top seeds like A&M has been the last couple of years. Uh, I, with with them not being so strong, I think that Kentucky will win the SEC, probably go into the NCAA as a one seed uh, and, and do its thing. You know, they have some great freshmen, Monk, um, Isaiah Briscoe is playing extremely well as well. Uh, so I, I like them. I think the one thing that will let them down uh, if anything, is the uh, the defense uh, and just the youth that they have. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We talked a little bit about SEC not being uh, a top conference this year, but obviously Kentucky beating a really good team in North Carolina from the ACC. And the ACC has been a, a conference that this year has been said that they might get nine, ten teams in the NCAA tournament. Obviously a really deep conference never really an off night uh, in conference play this coming season. I mean, it's going to be tough for all these teams, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia. They're going to have a tough go around every single night. Uh, so what do you think about that conference? Who do you think is the team to beat? Obviously, North Carolina is good, but 
you know, there's three, four teams that are really up there. Who do you think uh, could emerge as the winner of that conference this season? You know, I think it's a, it, look. It's a really good conference. We're not really, you know, Duke is is missing, you know, arguably the number one player in the nation, Harry Giles. Now he hasn't played yet. Um, they're really deep. They have experience. They have youth. Uh, really balanced. North Carolina, kind of the same thing. They have more experience than they have youth. Uh, as we saw the other day, they're a great team. And on a, you know, if they played that game in in UNC, I think it would have been a different outcome. Same way after they played the game in Kentucky, I don't think you would have been that close. I think the neutral court. Uh, really help both teams, uh, definitely on the offensive side. A team to watch, really, I think, is Virginia Tech. Uh, I think they're really well coached by Buzz Williams. You know, Zach Day, Seth Allen, those guys are really, really good. Uh, their experience last year, they made some noise, um, having a much better year than they've had in the past. They were very competitive. I think this season they're going to fly a little bit under the radar. Uh, you know, you have those guys. Um, you know, Virginia is always a threat. You know, they have some experience and some, some young guys that can come in and, and do their thing, but I don't see them going really far. I think the one sleeper team there um, is probably Virginia Tech, and I think that they'll, they'll surprise a lot of people, and you could see them making a real run uh, in the ACC tournament. Yeah, Virginia Tech's been really good this year. Uh, Buzz Williams doing a great job over there. Obviously, they got that big road win against Michigan. Um, ACC really looking strong top to bottom. Uh, if you could give me a number two conference that you think could emerge. I mean, obviously there's a lot of talk. The Big 12s look good this year. The Big 10s always been pretty good. Uh, what do you think could be that second conference that could emerge and maybe compete uh, in terms of number of bids as the ACC might get this year? Oh, let me think for a second here. Um, I think the Big East is going to have a good year. But again, I think they're probably about four teams, maybe five. Um, you know, we haven't even talked in the ACC about Syracuse, and they've just really underachieved. Um, you know, the, the conference that I think is going to surprise a lot of people is probably the Big Ten. Uh, sorry, the Big Twelve. Okay. I think the Big Twelve is. I think the Big Twelve is a really good conference. You know, Baylor's been great. Kansas has been great. Kansas State, I believe, are ten and one. Texas Tech, I think, was ten and one. They won this weekend. West Virginia's there. You know, arguably one of the most talented teams in the in the Big Twelve. Iowa State is, you know, ninth or tenth in that conference. You know, with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they're on the bottom. So, you know, if those two if those teams can play well during um conference tournament season, conference play I think you might have five, six, maybe even seven teams that get in there because you have to assume at least Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas. I'm going to say Iowa State plays better and gets in there. That's four. You'll probably have Kansas State if they play well, get in there. That's five. And you never know, maybe a Texas Tech, Oklahoma, TCU, one of those teams that have played pretty well so far kind of get in there and you got six or seven teams. Yeah, the Big 12 is definitely an interesting conference this year, and we have to wonder if uh, a team like Baylor, who's beaten four top 25 teams already, you know, has the chance to take down Kansas with their, I think it's more than a dozen seasons now that they've won the regular season in the Big 12. They're looking good. It's going to be a fun league to watch. Uh, we haven't mentioned anything out west. Uh, let's talk a little bit about UCLA. I don't know if you've seen Lonzo Ball play at all this year, but he's been a freshman that's been amazing. I'm sure you know a lot about him. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen with him so far and what his uh, his ceiling is moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I think he's really good. I mean, I've, I've read a lot about him, especially over the last few days. The, the million-dollar question everyone's asking is, can he be one of those guys that comes in as a top-five pick and averages 14 points a game? You know, people don't know. Um, and, and, and that's always hard to tell, especially, you know, 12 games into the season. Uh, you get to the only good thing is, as you look at, you know, we didn't have Ben Simmons in the NCAA tournament last year. You know, Markel Fott said, um, Washington, they're not going to be in the NCAA tournament this year. They're terrible. So you're, you're missing a lot of top players and to have, you know, UCLA play very, very well. Um, you know, and if the season ended today, they'd probably be a one seed at undefeated. Uh, I think that, you know, again, they have, they have a great mix of young players and veterans. Uh, you know, Alfred, Steve Alfred's a great coach. Bryce Alfred's really good. Uh, Lonzo Ball's been great. You know, Isaac Hamilton is awesome. They got some big guys that really do their thing. You know, the Pac-12 isn't super great. I thought Oregon was going to be really, really good this year, and, and they were really not in the Maui. Um, you know, Arizona's had a few hiccups. You know, USD is still one of, the, I think, the 11 teams undefeated, but they really haven't played much competition. Uh, but I think, uh, again, I, I still think it's Arizona's conference to win. Um, you know, Sean Miller recruits some great players year in, year out. Uh, and, and they got a really good team. And, and I think Arizona will end up winning the Pac-12. But, you know, UCLA will obviously get in the NCAA tournament. Once they're there, they're going to be really dangerous. Definitely, definitely a lot of uh, a lot of talented players out west in the Pac-12. That's going to be a fun conference to watch. I think Arizona definitely has a good shot. UCLA looking good, so we'll have to see. Uh, let's turn the tables a little bit. I want to ask you, uh, uh, as an NBA scout, uh, do you have a sleeper pick this season, uh, somebody that could go high in the draft that nobody's talking about this year? Who would that guy be? Someone that could go high in the draft that no one's talking about. Um I mean, I love VJ Beecham from Notre Dame. I think VJ is a really good player. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at him as the second round. If you're looking for someone that's kind of like on the bottom, you know, that might sneak in there. And it's, it's someone that I'm quite familiar with is, uh, you know, Wesley Awundu um, on Kansas State. You know, Wesley's a senior. He's about six foot seven, six foot eight, really versatile player, can shoot, can defend can pretty much do everything on the floor. Uh, and I think if he gets an opportunity to go play, you know, at the Portsmouth Invitational and gets an opportunity to go to some NBA workouts, I think he's going to turn a lot ahead. Um, you know, again, to me, it's still a little early. You know, you're, you're right now, as an agent, you're accumulating all your facts and you're accumulating, you know, as much film as you can and as much uh, information as you can about some of these guys. And, if I had to pick one guy right now, it would be Wesley Awundu. Uh, if I had to pick two, uh, and let's just move away from Beecham for a minute because he's probably been talked about, uh, probably Justin Tuyo from Chattanooga. Um, and, you know, Wesley Awundu, those two would be my guys. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and sharing your insight. I really appreciate you answering some questions. Uh and I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, later on. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Zachary Charles for coming on. Always a pleasure having you. Uh, we're going to get into a new segment now called Hot or Not. We're going to break down two teams that have been hot recently and two teams that have not. Uh, so hot teams, let's start with USC. 
Uh, this is a team that's been very hot this season. The Trojans are one of six undefeated teams remaining, and they've finally cracked the top 25 polls recently. Uh, big props to the Trojans for what they're doing recently. This team doesn't have any huge wins, uh, no top 25 wins, but they both solid victories over Texas A&M on the road. That's a very underrated true road win. Uh, and they've beaten SMU and BYU, uh, three good teams right there, three probable NCAA tournament teams. Uh, Texas A&M has a chance to be a top three team in the SEC. SMU is probably the second best team in the AAC right now. And BYU could sneak into the field if it wins, if it gets a win or two over Gonzaga or St. Mary's in the WCC. Uh, definitely the third best team in that conference. So all in all, three good wins for USC in non-conference heading into Pac-12 play. Uh, should be a very likely NCAA tournament team this season. Uh, and it's also worth noting that this team has played uh, great basketball already without Benny Boatwright for a majority of the games. Uh, he's missed six games this season. Uh, the Trojans are playing w- well without this key piece. And he should be back from his knee injury somewhere in the middle of January. It was uh, he, injured against, he injured his knee against San Diego at the beginning of December. Uh, and was expected to miss about six weeks. When he gets back, uh, USC is going to be that much more dangerous. And I think they are the sleeper team in the Pac-12 this year. They could easily compete with Arizona, Oregon or even UCLA by the looks of it right now. Definitely a team to keep it, keep your eye on. Uh, they've been hot recently, haven't lost, uh, so don't sleep on USC. Uh, another team worth noting, Arkansas. Uh, the Razorbacks have gotten off to a 9-1 start. Uh, they've now beaten Houston at home and Texas at the Toyota Center in Houston, uh, part of that showcase that was going on with uh, A&M in Arizona this past week. Uh, so good wins for the Razorbacks so far. Uh, they also boast underrated wins over UT Arlington and IPFW. Uh, both easily could be tournament teams if they win their leagues. Remember, UT Arlington's a team that's beaten St. Mary's already uh, on the road, which was an enormous non-conference win. Uh, UT Arlington also has beaten Texas, so has Arkansas. Also, IPFW, uh, a team from the Summit League that's beaten Indiana. Uh, so that's a good win for Arkansas, considering that's a tough Mastodons team. Uh, this Razorback team's looking all right. Dusty Hanna's leading the way with 16.2 points per game, has knocked down 41 of 45 free throw attempts, automatic from the line. This senior's playing really, really well. He's a guy that you got to keep your eye on if you're an Arkansas Razorbacks fan going forward. Uh, Moses Kingsley has been really good on the boards. He's a player to keep an eye on. Daryl McCone, uh, 12.7 points per game. Uh, some really good talent down there in Arkansas. And it's worth noting that the SEC – it's pretty wide open after Kentucky. I mean, Florida, South Carolina, uh, and Texas A&M, as I mentioned, look pretty good. I would say those are the two, three, and four teams in the SEC heading into conference play. You know, but I wouldn't hesitate to throw Arkansas in the mix. I think they're definitely a solid five team right now in the conference. Uh, but they could easily finish top three if they're able to take down uh, Florida or South Carolina A&M or maybe even steal one over Kentucky. Who knows? I mean, uh, this team has looked really good. They've been one of the surprises out of the SEC. And this conference, I mean, usually isn't that solid, but they could get possibly four or five, maybe even six teams in this year, depending on how the other uh, conferences end up going and depending on how the top of the league does against the bottom of the league and if any teams are able to take down Kentucky and get big uh, conference wins like that. So let's break down some of the teams that have not been hot recently. I mentioned earlier after the loss to Georgetown Syracuse, uh, a team that's really been struggling recently. The Orange, uh, they do improve to 7-4 and four after a win over Eastern Michigan recently, uh, but they still have lost four of their last seven. 
very much struggling. I can't really take down the good teams. Uh, they've been beating the inferior opponents, but don't have necessarily a horrible loss yet. I mean, their loss to UConn was pretty bad. That's a team that's struggling in non-conference play and is not as good as we expected it to be. Uh, but that was a game that Syracuse definitely should have won. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Georgetown at home is definitely a game that Syracuse should have won as well. Uh, so now we're looking at two, three games that Syracuse had a really good chance of winning but didn't. And now this team has four losses, uh, and they're going to be heading into conference play struggling a little bit. And it's tough because the ACC is no pushover league this year. I mean, uh, this is a conference that's probably going to get nine or ten teams in the NCAA tournament, and there's never an off night in the ACC. Uh, Syracuse has to get his stuff together. Uh, Jim Beheim's team have to find some offense outside of Tyler Lydon. He's got to get everybody involved, and this team has to start playing together. It's been tough going uh, in Syracuse this season. And one of the big issues for this team has been uh, free throw shooting. It's worth noting that the Orange were just 14 of 25 against Georgetown at home the other day on Saturday, uh, and the Hoyas were 22 of, 50, or 22 of 25 from the line. So uh, right there, I mean, out shooting – uh, Georgetown outshooting Syracuse by eight free throws. That's big right there. And you could argue that bad shooting from the charity stripe ultimately cost Syracuse the game. I mean, obviously there were some other issues. Georgetown did play pretty well on the road. Uh, but this has been a glaring weakness for the Syracuse team that's shot 64.8% as a team uh, throughout the season. That ranks 281st nationally, and that's pretty darn bad uh, for a team that should be experienced under a really good head coach and has some solid players that have been here before. Uh, also worth noting that this team has been particularly bad at limiting uh, second-chance points for the opponent. A lot of offensive rebounds against Syracuse this season. Uh, this team's got some things to clean up before conference play. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not uh, this is a team that ultimately picks up, picks up the slack and makes the NCAA tournament. Remember, Syracuse was ranked at the start of the season. Now it feels like they are far from the top 25, a team that's been sliding a little bit recently and something to keep your eye on. Uh, another team worth noting that not a lot of people have been talking about recently because they have been slipping has been Northern Iowa. Uh, out of the Missouri Valley Conference, this team has not been playing well. Uh, if you remember at the start of the season, they were down in the Puerto Rico tip-off that was being played in, uh, in Florida because of the Zika virus. Uh, they had an incredible comeback to beat Oklahoma, uh, but since have really struggled immensely. Uh, Clint Carlson has been a good player, but in – Northern Iowa's last three losses, he's been just four of 19 from the field. So they really need him to pick it up if they want to start playing well. The Panthers have lost five of their last seven in total. Uh, two of the, those losses have been to Xavier, so definitely you know, not bad losses there. The Musketeers have a good team. Uh, but a loss to George Mason at home does not look good, and a road loss to Wyoming certainly does not look good. Uh, the Panthers have really, really been struggling. And you know, at the start of the season after beating Oklahoma, we thought, Hey, Northern Iowa may be the team to compete with Wichita State in the Mountain or Missouri Valley Conference this year, uh, and that may not be the case. I mean, this team has definitely has some glaring issues. I mean, Illinois State, if we're talking a team that could rise up in the MVC, uh, they could be that team. Once again, though, I think the Shockers are probably going to be the dominant team in the league. Probably going to run the table and do a really good job taking down most opponents. You know, maybe a two-three loss team in conference play tops, depending. Uh, but they have shown signs of weaknesses as well. So there's definitely a lot to look forward to uh, if you're a fan of the Missouri Valley Conference, a good mid-major conference. Though, unless it's Wichita State losing in the conference tournament, I don't think this league is going to get more than one bid. Last year we saw Northern Iowa win the conference tournament and sneak in. 
and Wichita State got in that large, it's probably a similar situation this year. That was our hot or not section. Uh, so now we're going to take a couple questions from Twitter. Remember, you can always send your questions to at Grant Labedz. That's G-R-A-N-T-L-A-B-E-D-Z. Uh, let's see what we've got this week. We've got from Colonel's Corner underscore asks, where do you think Ole Miss stands heading into SEC play? So we talk about Ole Miss, uh, a team that's pretty much done what's expected of them in non-conference play. I mean, uh, they've lost to Creighton, Middle Tennessee, and Virginia Tech, and those were all pretty much expected losses. The three of those teams doing pretty well. You could argue they could have pulled out the win over Middle Tennessee, but you know that's looking like one of the better mid mid-major teams in the nation right now. And after what they did last year to Michigan State, I mean, this is a team that's inserting itself in the conversation as one of the better teams in college basketball. Uh, a win over Memphis is good, and that could reap benefits in the end of the season, uh, depending on how well Memphis plays in the AAC this year. As we mentioned a little bit earlier about Memphis, they're doing a pretty good job, uh, especially after that win over Oklahoma. Uh, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say this team's probably eighth or so heading into conference play. You obviously have to put Kentucky at the top. Uh, your two, three, four, in my opinion, are South Carolina, Florida, and Texas A&M. Maybe flip South Carolina and Florida. I think A&M's the true four right now. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I think Arkansas is really good, and I think they're a sleeper at the five. And even though they haven't been great and haven't been beating a lot of good teams yet, I still think Georgia has to be your pick for the sixth best team in the conference right now. Uh, and because of a solid non-conference showing, I'd take LSU seventh. And then I think Ole Miss is eighth. I mean, I saw them play against UMass early, earlier this season, and they had an impressive comeback. I mean, I think they play well at home. Uh, this team is solid. And given the fact that the SEC isn't always the best conference, but yet there are a lot of beatable teams that are somewhere in like the – let's just say like six to 11 range of seeding in the NCAA tournament. You can beat some of those teams, which helps in the SEC. Uh, and you always have the chance to beat Kentucky, which is nice. Uh, so, but I think the ma major key for Ole Miss in the SEC this year is going to be beating those middle of the pack teams. I mean, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Bama, all three have struggled a bit in non-conference play, but I think they're comparable in talent to Ole Miss. And I did rank Ole Miss a little bit ahead because they haven't really slipped up yet. I think they've had a pretty good, uh, and fair non-conference showing for the way they scheduled. Uh, I think this team with Sebastian Saiz uh, has a good chance at being top six, but again, you have to beat those top four teams like Arkansas, Florida, A&M. You got to steal one or two of those wins if you want a chance. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be in the middle of the pack and you're going to miss out on the big dance yet again. Uh, second question from Twitter. We've got EJ underscore Kelly one. And he asks, how many of the top 10 draft picks will be freshmen this year? That's a big question. You're asking me to look pretty far down the road, EJ, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, so realistically, I, I did a little bit of research on this and looked into it. I mean, there could be a lot of freshmen that end up being in the top 10. I mean, we've got Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz, who I think are probably my top two picks if I had to choose any right now from UCLA and Washington, two guys out of the pack 12. Very, very good players. I mean, I don't know if you've, College basketball fans have seen Marco Fultz play this way, play this year. Washington hasn't really been on the national stage too often, but he is a dominant player. He's a baller, and I think he's going to make a lot of money in the NBA, be a successful player. Those are my top two picks. I think they'll be top five. Malik Monk, his draft stock has to be going up after dropping 47 points on UNC. He looks like a dominant freshman as well as De'Aaron Fox, one of the best passers in the SEC, if not the country and a capable scorer and a natural athlete as well. Those two Kentucky players should be top 10 picks. 
Duke has two really good freshmen in Jason Tatum, Harry Giles. We haven't seen Giles really play at all this season, but you know, I'd expect them both to be top 10 regardless. Um, and Mark, uh, Markhaus Bolden, I mean, he's got a chance to probably to be top 10 from Duke. Not exactly sure he'll break that, but I mean, he should be a lottery pick regardless. Uh, and then you've, you've, you can't sleep on guys like Jonathan Isaac from F- FSU, uh, Dennis Smith from NC State, and TJ Lee from UCLA. All really, really good players that should be top 10 picks this year. I mean, uh, a lot of people have heard of TJ Leaf. Not a lot of people have heard of Dennis Smith or Jonathan Isaac, but two really good players that will be good NBA talent uh, at the next level. So you got to look out for those guys. And I mean, I'll say this. I've looked at the recent draft board on NBADraft.net, and they've got 13 of the top 15 picks being freshmen. And I think they only have one pick in the top 10 that's not a freshman. It's a guy from France. So realistically, we could see eight, nine, maybe even 10 freshmen going in the top 10, as crazy, crazy as that sounds. I think this is the year of the freshman in college basketball, 100%. Um, if you're looking for maybe a non-freshman from college basketball that could sneak into the top 10, uh, I'll give my two cents. I think Jaron Blossom game from Clemson, one of the best upperclassmen in all of college basketball. He's going to be potentially a top 15 pick could sneak into the top 10 depending on his play in ACC play. Um, then you got to talk about, we're still pretty far away from the draft though. I mean, you got guys like Jonathan Motley has a chance, uh, maybe Yvonne Robb from Cal, two really good players, but yes, there will be quite a few freshmen in the top 10 and that's something to keep your eye on uh, the development of freshmen throughout the season. Um, time for some final notes. We're going to talk about some games to watch this week. It is Christmas. So uh, we don't necessarily have a, a lot of games going on this weekend, but some some games to watch earlier in the week. Uh, Kentucky versus Louisville, huge matchup in the uh, in the KFC Yum Center. Uh, Kentucky coming off that big win over UNC, looking really really good. The freshmen are playing great, and Louisville, a sneaky team, only one loss to Baylor this year and has beaten Purdue. The Cardinals have looked have been looking good. Nobody's talking about them in the ACC though. I feel like a lot of focus on Duke and North Carolina, but Louisville top 15 team that's got a lot of talent and if they take down Kentucky that's a big win right there I mean this game I feel like is as even as it gets I'm going to take Louisville at home I think they've got a good chance to beat Kentucky in this rivalry game but this is going to be a fun one to watch you do not want to miss out on this one on Wednesday unfortunately at the same time you've got Oakland versus Michigan State on Wednesday which I mentioned is a really good game I want to tune in for both of those Oakland I think has a good chance of beating Michigan State and this is my upset pick of the week I'm thinking Oakland will take down the Spartans. Uh, that annual game in Michigan, a good rivalry game. The way they've been struggling, Miles Bridges will not be back for that game. And after losing at home to Northeastern, you got to think Tom Izzo is sweating a little bit heading into conference play. This team could miss out on the NCAA tournament, which would be a huge shocker, you know. But it could happen the way they've been playing, and you know the way some of these upperclassmen and experienced players have struggled. And due to injury, I, I just don't like the way Michigan State's been playing this year. Uh, Clemson versus South Carolina, also on Wednesday, a great game. Good interstate rivalry game between these two ball clubs. Clemson playing well. I mentioned Jaron Blossom game as a potential NBA uh, draft pick, NBA lottery pick. He's really, really good, and he's going to be a fun player to watch against South Carolina. Gamecocks only lost this season to Seton Hall. Still looking really, really good. I'd expect them to take care of Clemson, but... The Tigers are one of those ACC teams that are likely to make the NCAA tournament and are on the rise this year. Don't sleep on them. They just took down Alabama. Really good team. Should be a lot of fun to watch. 
finally on Wednesday, Virginia versus California, a great matchup between two top caliber teams. Uh, the Cavaliers, one of the best defenses in college basketball, averaging just over 46 points per game defensively. That's incredible. They held Robert Morris to 39 the other day. Cal, on the other hand, still searching for that good win. Uh, at home, we'll have a really good chance visiting with the visiting Caval- Cavaliers. They had a chance against Seton Hall in Hawaii, weren't able to take them down. This is a good chance for Cal to move the needle and prove that they belong in the conversation as one of the top teams in the Pac-12. Finally, let's talk a little bit about the weekend hoops. Rutgers versus Seton Hall, underrated game on Friday in New Jersey. Two good teams this year. I mean, Seton Hall proving to be one of the better teams in the Big East, and Rutgers has only lost one game, a true road game against Miami, uh, and they actually played pretty well against Miami. The Hurricanes are a good team in the ACC this year. Rutgers doesn't have any good wins, but here's a chance against a really good Big East team to prove itself. One of the best offensive rebounding teams in the nation you'll see. Uh, the Scarlet Knights are on the rise, and whether or not they finish decently in the Big Ten, you've got to be impressed with their out-of-conference schedule. They've been doing a good job. And finally, be sure to check out the Diamond Head Classic this weekend. If you're not a fan of the NBA, be sure to be watching some college hoops on Christmas. It's always a fun break from your family if, if you're sick of them already. Um, you can check out the Diamond Head Classic. Utah and San Diego State, the two teams, in my opinion, to watch. Uh, the Utes don't have an impressive win yet this uh, this non-conference season. They've had chances against Butler, Xavier, weren't able to take either of them down. Still a lot of questions with this Pac-12 team. Still should be the favorite to win. If not, San Diego State has a good chance. I think this Aztecs team is solid. I mean, they were the picks to win the Mountain West. Haven't played well this season, though. I've been struggling. Could really use a win over a team like Utah heading into conference play. Going to be fun to watch. Again, championship game of that will be on Christmas Day, so be sure to check that out. That's going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, My name is Grant Lebez, and I've been your host. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Make sure to listen every week for more college basketball talk. I'd like to thank Zach Charles of uh, Three Point Sports Sports Management for being on the show. A lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates around the league. Thank you, guys.